to Article 23. This is your podcast all about work. I'm James Hancock, and I'm joined this week by our CEO and co-founder, Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Welcome, Rhonda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, James. It's great to start the day with your face. It's very early over here, so <laughs> this should be fun. It is very early, and yeah, it's hot and beautiful and sunny over here in Philadelphia today, so... Feeling and good. cold and raining in Sydney. Like, this is like the upside down world. We're normally the other way around. We have been for months, but not any longer. We're getting there 30, 30 and sunny. So it's very nice. I mean, sorry. 17 I'm... and raining. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. Beautiful Philly weather there. <laughs> so, Rado, this week I'm back in uh, to the podcast and I get to be the host again. And we've been following the really awesome pattern and meeting some of the team. And this week, I get to interview you and we get to hear all about you. You ready for that? No. <laughs> Good me, the end podcast. No, let's actually do it. <laughs> yes, I am. So I've got to do the big task of introducing you a little bit. So I thought I'd break it down when we normally talk to people face to face, which we love to do, of course, which has been you know slowed a little, but we're getting back to it. Uh, we talk about... A formal resume and we talk a bit more about a real resume so I'll, I'll have a go at the formal resume and jump in if I miss stuff because I will because it's a very short version so we said CEO and co-founder of my this is true worked in the biggest best HR roles globally and I would say that not just by title but by impact uh, when I met you a few years ago now <laughs> uh, you were working at CBA I can say that and you were leading the biggest and the best HR teams in organizational development had talent acquisition, talent development, development learning, uh, and also a little bit before that, you were running people for the retail bank at CBA, which for people that know that, that's the, that's the face of the bank. That's the human face. That's the touch point to customers. That's the biggest, broadest area. I think I wouldn't know the number, but it's a, a huge number of people. So that's, that's massive. Um, and before that- It was 20,000 20, at that stage. So there was 52,000 in the bank and 20,000 in the retail bank. There you go. I wasn't yeah. sure. I always had different numbers in my mind. So it's just massive. Uh, and before that, a whole range of other work in retail, FMCG, manufacturing. Um, if that wasn't busy enough and big enough, uh, you've won a whole heap of awards. Uh, Telstra Businesswoman of the Year, HR Leader of the Year, Human Capital Hall of Fame. And I'm sure I've missed some in that. That's the speedy version. Is there anything else you'd like to call out in that or add into that that I've missed? That's already... Mm -hmm. No, I think, I think it's the advantage of time. I think these things just add up and you sort of look back, and go, oh, look at all those adventures I went on. But yeah, it was fun. I, I, think, um, I think the thing that was most exciting about all of them, apart from the actual work you got to do and the people to do it with, is I got to live in a couple of different countries. And I think that that's incredibly cool. That's a great adventure. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree. So couldn't agree more with that. And I actually put down a couple of things to remind me. So on the informal side, I have put down a couple of things that are what I observe in us working together. So I thought I might give those out to the viewers. A lot of people know us and they'll recognize this and hopefully agree and see other things and other ways they describe it. But for me, you are the most amazing designer and you probably wouldn't say designer and think that's quirky, but to me, what it shows and what Rhonda has one of the best abilities I've ever seen to do is understanding complexity, interpreting gray, an ability to empathize with emotions and people and turn it into action. And I think that last part is the key part, which some people can do parts of it, but rarely do all of it together. And you're amazing at doing that. 
and that drives people and culture forward in organizations and you do it in such a collaborative way. So I think that is huge. That's why I think you're this amazing designer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's only one. I got way more, buddy. <laughs> uh, you, you are tireless in your effort to change work. So I think that one goes without saying in everything. And you just see probably because of that first one, a broken system and you um, back yourself to change it and help people to change it. So I think that's huge. Deeply generous with your time to help others in every way. And then the informal side and all the other stuff that we love. And this is a short version is mum of three, AFL lover, sailor, green thumb. I added that given your recent efforts on the weekend. <laughs> I, I, love to, I love to grow things, especially things you can eat. Like I get very excited about it. Yeah. I, I, yeah yum. Yum. Please share. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't break quarantine to send them to Philly. Um, and Wollongong born and bred. I am Wollongong born and bred. <laughs> <laughs> that's Any, true anything else you'd add into that <laughs> no that's a very long list I, thank you for the the comments I think that um I think I've been incredibly lucky to learn from really good people and so I sort of get how important it is to have good people around you so I think that's if you had to look at my party trick in doing anything I've done it's always been I get what challenging looks like I get what good people look like and if you can get them around you people like yourself James without getting into a thing in your pocket competition but i mean if you get good people around you can really do some cool stuff and some cool thinking i think it's it, there's huge opportunities thank you for the compliment in return <laughs> <laughs> well you are you're, you're a really great designer too and that's why i love when we get to work together on solving a problem is is it's we're coming at it from different angles and perspectives and lived experiences and i think it it gives us a, a giant step forward before we even start it's really good love that so i'm going to give you a curly one uh, there are so many things and that's just, I've seen so much work that you've done over the last couple of years at working at Moi, but what are you most proud of in your work? Uh, it may be a recent one, maybe an all time favorite. I know that'd be a, a lot, but what are you most proud of in some work um, that you love, or love the most or <laughs> interpret it a bit? But. So, so if I could, if I could just say a couple, one of them was um, when I first lived in the Netherlands um, and the company that, that I was with was run from the Netherlands and looked after Europe and or large part of the world. And um, I, they gave me the project of European diversity and diversity was reasonably new in the early two thousands for Europe. Um, and I know Europe's very diverse, but they didn't have the formulaic sort of programs that you'd see in America or Australia or what have you. And when they gave me that, I didn't really know how to do it, but I just took it. And I said, yep. They said, well, you've done a lot in Australia. And I'm like, yeah, it's different context, but let's give it a go. And what I did was, I didn't actually know what to do. So I actually rang Brussels <laughs> to find out what the EU was basing their diversity plan on. And they were basing it on a white paper by a woman called Teresa Reese, who's a Cardiff university professor. So I rang Teresa Reese and wrote to her and said, hello, <laughs> I'm Rhonda, the Australian in the Netherlands. And I wonder if you've got some time to talk about your white paper. I think it's really good. And her white paper was called Mainstreaming Diversity in the EU. And I still today think that mainstreaming diversity is the way to go. She's a brilliant academic. She's gone on to do fabulous things. But I got to know her and work with her for a number of years. And what it, I think what I was most proud of is that that project took an idea for me that had been very social and um, quite an emotional topic. And it got me looking at it as a system. And she she taught me that. I think it was 
did really well. And, and and two years later, we we came second in the inaugural EU Diversity Awards, which was um, always lovely to get a prize for work like that when it's really collaborative and a big team. But I think that work was really formative in not only what we learned and what we could do, but equally in the organisation, how it went forward. It became an organisation where there was very diverse leadership and very diverse thinking on who should be in a project team. It really infiltrated everything. So I was, I was really proud of that. Um, another one was sort of getting to co-build with a team of people for Luxottica when we built China. And China, I had never been to China, so it was like really new to be there <laughs> and, and discover it. It's a very fascinating country. But equally, I had to learn how to work there. And, and there's so many generalisations that the Western society, including Australia and America, put over China that you have to get in there and understand it to go, oh, wow, that's not what it is. That's a totally different intent. It's a totally different way of coming at the world. And that was learning the cultural context, and that's been a lifelong lesson as well. And then I think the third one is the work that you and I have been doing for a couple of years now, James, and that's on belonging. I think we're getting really close to understanding what matters in culture and what brings people to life. And, and I think if we can find that secret ingredients together, of what it takes for individuals to thrive. Um, when individuals thrive, organisations thrive, and it's as simple as that. Love that. I reckon we could talk on, the, on those all day <laughs> when I want to, and I think, you know, every part of that, the belonging one, obviously, uh, you know, we've been working on it, um, but the DNI one and that idea of mainstreaming or into the DNA of the organisation and yeah. on the fringes and everyone having a role in that is still, you know, so pertinent today. It's awesome to hear that work and you know the history of it a little bit and and the fact that it still is relevant today as it was ever i think that's yeah. awesome. it Love is a good it. reminder too like every time you think of something you think you think oh that's really clever and people start talking about it as a new idea um teresa reese was writing that stuff in the late 1990s and and she's right <laughs> so yeah. it, and we still have to develop it and we have to take it further forward all of that but um, there's always a lot of clever people around us and before us, and they will be after us. So we're sort of, our job is to always to take it a bit further forward. Yep, I couldn't agree more. So with that in mind, what's the work you love to do the most? The work that I absolutely love the most, and this was um, a, re a really easy question, and then I had to think of how to say it, because the work I'm loving at the moment is not, it's the belonging index that we're doing, but equally it's that work into the culture dashboard. It is a whole different way to think about culture, leadership, how we come into organisations. And um, if you can get into an organisation with a great CEO and a great team, and often great CEOs always have great teams with them because they attract great people, or a great department secretary if you're working with the government and they've also got a great team, what they'll do to you is they'll already be up to a really good stage and what they then do is they challenge you and collaborate and push things forward. So... It's not just the work that you get to do, which I love, this culture dashboard and belonging, which is a, this totally different concept, but it's even more so, it's the people we get to work with. Because when you're having those conversations about, is there a different way to map and measure culture in an organisation? Can we move culture to a place where it work, where people could actually thrive? Um, you need to be doing that with people who are really fantastic. And I would say that's like, that just makes work a joy. Love that answer. <laughs> love that answer. <laughs> so, love because that. Because you probably share it. That's probably real. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it as eloquently as that, but I think that's right. It's the work you do and who you do it with is, is perfect. <laughs> um, 
I will reuse that shamelessly. <laughs> uh, Feel at moi, and we've heard from Sally, Suzanne, myself way back when, and obviously it's a pattern of getting better and better, but at moi, we always kind of give ourselves three descriptive words that we use to talk, talk about ourselves, our approach, how we think about things. What are your three words? Well, my, my three words, and the <laughs> first one is descriptive of me, so it's a determined optimist. I, I am... Um, very optimistic. I can always find, you know, I will stand at a very funny angle to find that glass half full. I'll find a way, you know, and I, I like to think we can make this happen. Yes, the odds are against us. We're at 25%, but we can make this happen. But I've also got that word determined in front of it because I think it's not, some people are optimistic and naive and they sort of, I've got a big idea and then they just lie on the couch. You can't actually just lie on the couch with your optimism or it will fade. You've got to get up and go, what am I going to do about it? What could we do about it? What, you know, what else could we do about it? And it's, there's a determination that comes with it and it needs to be database. It needs to be fact-based. You need to not drink your own bathwater. You need to be constantly pushing forward and that there's a determination in that. And I think that's very important. So that's my first word, determine optimist, even though it's two words. <laughs> the second one is human. And that's, I think that's a really grounding reminder. I think that I, I fundamentally believe, and I know we share this is that, that all people are equal. And if you just see yourself as one member of the human race and we're all relying on each other and deeply connected, that's a really good place to start in how you come at the world. I just think it's really, um, it's very real. And it sounds flippant, but it's super, super real. And then the last one I left is actually my job title, which is founder CEO. And that's a reminder because, you know, a lot of yeah. people, when you, when you build a business, um, people talk about, all the things that don't matter about it, you know, like how you're going to put it in a PowerPoint pack and how you're going to describe it and everything else. But it's actually this belief when you get up in the morning and you say, I believe in something so strongly that I'm backing it, not just with your money, which is one thing to risk, but it's with your life. It's with years of your life that you literally send up and go, I'm going to give some years of my life to this idea. And in my case, this has been my life's work and now I've made it into a business, but it's, it's, I really believe it. I really want us to move this agenda forward. And I never want to forget that that's my responsibility to get up and make that happen. Love it. Love it. <laughs> the, the, word, the words are bang on. And I think we, we touched on a little bit, but um, we, uh, you spoke about belonging index and, and the thinking on that. You spoke about the cultural dashboard as well that we've obviously, uh, you know, is, is looking great. Um, what else, forms part of your biggest aspirations right now? Like what is most exciting? There's building the business, belonging, culture, uh, cultural dashboard, anything else you throw into the mix there? I, no, I don't want to, cause I don't want to water it down. But I, but I would say this is that um, Sally Wolford and our team introduced us to an idea and I think it's so cool. And it mm. was the light bulb wasn't introduced by continually improving the candle. And I think that's right. And we didn't invent the car by making horses go faster. And yeah. when we talk about work, leadership, culture, I don't think it's about making engagement surveys easier or performance appraisals more analytical or something simple like that. I think it's completely rethinking. And the, the big aspiration I have right now and for a number of years, and, and I know we share it, a lot of things we, we agree on, but um, mm -hmm. I think we the biggest thing that we're trying to achieve is to get a choir of us doing this, not just a couple of people here and there, but actually whole organizations, whole teams, whole ways of thinking about this. 
and it's a very, very different way to measure, map and understand and appreciate culture. We call it a cultural dashboard, but call it what you will. It is a totally different conversation about how we design work. And totally. I just think it's so valuable. And, and we're getting the right elements into that. We've now got seven. We think they're very, very important. We can see how they work together. I think this is, you know, for me, gets me up in the morning and gets me really excited about being there. Yeah, I love that. I love that thing about the concept of sort of incremental or like you're trying to, I don't know, make a bad process slightly faster opposed to actually solving what it was built for. Yeah. Or, or why? why? Like, why are we doing this stupid conversation? Yeah. And the answer is, no one knows because we forgot. We just keep doing it, and it's like, well, don't do that stupid conversation anymore. Have a totally different conversation, and 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 off you go. And and we we often forget history. And I know, um, I've got one of our clients who always jokes about. She calls me. A, I just call out a truth bomb, and I, and I think that's <laughs> it. There's truths about human beings and the human spirit that we can't forget. We, we do amazing things as human beings and we have for 60,000 years. So we'll continue to do amazing things. We'll continue to be collective. We'll continue to care about each other. And we can't underestimate those things. I just think that they're really important. Love that too. So, <laughs> so one thing that we've covered in the other ones is sort of a little bit of our views on leadership, what we've learned, who we've worked with, you are one of the best leaders going around. So just take that compliment nicely. And you've worked with some others that are awesome as well. <laughs> Big tips you have on leadership or, or things you've gleaned over the experience so far? Um, <clears throat> I think there's, um, when we talk about people who are on their journey to leadership, they're emerging leaders, what are you going to call them? Yeah. I think there's three things that, are really important and I did think about this answer because some of them are like I just like yeah I know myself I can just chat but this one um <clears throat> the first one is say yes take the opportunities just say yes and work out how to do it the second one is find teachers so reach out to them for me it was Teresa Reese, Linda Grattan, David Dotlick I mean these are brilliant people that didn't just enhance a little bit, but actually totally changed perspectives for me, which I think is so valuable. So say yes, find the teachers. And the third one is um, deeply um, my life value, which is make a difference. So if you can make a difference, you have to make it, you have to add value, be thoughtful about every person in front of you, not just big people, but everybody you meet. And what could you do that's useful to them? What, and if you add value to people's life, they will add value back to yours in a heartbeat. It's it's, you know, we joke about it being called the karma economy, but it is this constant, I have an opportunity in this person's life, big or small, I've got to take it, I've got to make a difference. And so if you do that constantly, you'll find yourself surrounded by people who you've had a positive impact on them, they've had a positive impact on you, it really starts to work really, really well for people. I love those. I love those. So they're for emerging leaders, anything for people with more experience you'd throw in or I, I feel like they're pretty great for everyone. Honest. <laughs> like, I, they I, are pretty great for everyone. And I think the best people that I've always loved working with are the people that like even on the 80th birthday are still learning and curious and excited. So I think they are really important growing, saying yes, opportunities, adventures, whatever you want to call it. Um, right now, I think for senior leaders, I think there's some really simple things that are even more grounding, but they're probably relevant for everybody too. And that is, you have to be there for your team. Like you can't, you can't be inaccessible. You have to just be there. Um, you have to, at the moment, especially in the world 
we have to create momentum. We have to create a belief that we can go forward and, and be hopeful about things. And, and also making sure you've got good people around you at work, at home, uh, anywhere it is, so that you're not feeling you have to act out as anything else other than just being yourself and being the best version of you. And I know that sounds really hokey, but if you've got good people at home, good people at work, you can really just relax and be your best. And when you're your best, you've got your best ideas, your best thinking, everything that comes with it. But I would quote, because I think like, I've done the discussion with you quite seriously and I, I think I need to bring an element of quirkiness to it. Um, so I'll bring a country music um, lyric. <laughs> hey, that's all we have time for on the podcast. <laughs> so there's a song by Garth Brooks, who's an American country singer, very famous one. And he mm-hmm. sings a song and it's called Standing Outside the Fire. And I would say that if you want to live a really great life. The lyric in the song says, um, life is not tried, it's merely survived if you're standing outside the fire. And I just think that's such a great lyric. And it, you could, if you apply it to working life, you can literally get through your working life just humming along and being inoffensive to anything <laughs> and be bland as, or you can actually throw your best idea and your most creative idea and your best suggestion to move people forward or have an impact. And give it a go and it won't always be at the right time with the right people and people might not be ready for it, but at least you're in there making a difference, doing what you can, moving things forward. And I think when you do that, good people end up around you. Love it. Love it. When you said country, I wasn't sure, but I think (laughs) beautifully beautifully explained, highly relevant, will allow it. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of truth in country music. Like, <laughs> I also like punk music. <laughs> I'm the two extremes. <laughs> also, a lot of truth in punk music. But there's a lot of truth in punk music. There's a lot of truth in folk music, even though I don't like it. So, I think it's it's the poets of the generation are our musicians, and if you can find their words, they're often very, very inspiring. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining and, and speaking candidly. Uh, we've, if you'd like to follow more of Rhonda's work, the work of Moi, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. There's a link available on moi.live or you can talk to our friendly bot, Humana, if you'd like to register for that for free. Uh, <laughs> or you can email us anytime at team at moi.live. But otherwise, that's a big more from us. It's been a pleasure, James. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.